Hello, and welcome to this episode of Self Made with D. Brown, CEO. My next guest was born in Galesburg, Illinois, and attended Galesburg High School. He grew up in a home with his mother, father, and seven siblings. In the 1960s, the Foley's, Jim, his parents, and seven siblings had a decision to make, buy a used car or travel to Europe. They chose Europe. His dad started calling airlines to inquire about a family discount, and they all had the same reply. Why would you want to take eight kids to Europe? Pan Am finally agreed under one condition, that they be allowed to follow the trip and report on it. They thought the future of international air travel might lie with families. From Dublin to Rome, it was a trip that changed lives forever. All eight kids embraced some aspect of international affairs in their careers. He began his international business career in Los Angeles before moving to London. Years later, he returned to central Illinois to be close to his aging father, which eventually led him to Bradley University. At the Turner Center for Entrepreneurship, and the Illinois SBDC International Trade Center at Bradley University. He manages a program and related staff of counseling and training in international business planning, marketing, logistics, export financing, and entrepreneurship. The centers are a joint venture between the U.S. Small Business Administration, the Illinois Department of Commerce, and Bradley University with a mission to promote business startup, growth, and international trade. He is also director of international programs for the Foster College of Business. He is a frequent speaker on, on issues of international trade and teaches, teaches international business courses at Bradley University. He is a past president of the NASBITE International and he has served as director for the NASBITE Certified Global Business Professional. He is past chairman of IATO, International Association of Trade Organizations, and serves as national co-chair of the Association of Small Business Development Centers. International Trade Committee. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jim Foley to Self Made. Jim, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Same here. So Jim, you have quite an interesting background. Uh, I've read a lot about you. And so I just really want to know, um, there's this story in your bio that talks about um, the trip to Europe and your dad had a, had a decision to make. Tell me more about that story. Well, my father had saved up some money after his college to go to Europe, and it was just after the war, and his parents didn't see the reason for him to go to Europe. And he kind of made a note to himself that he would make sure that his kids had a chance to do that kind of a trip. And it was a daunting task because the youngest was 18 months of age, and the oldest, my sister, was 18 years, so from 18 to 18. But... Whenever we had a big decision, we had what we called a family conference, and we all got around. And as you said, it was a, another replacement of a used car for a used car, or we go to Europe. And it was unanimous. I think my mother was the most concerned because she says, I don't think it will be a vacation. It will be an experience because a vacation <laughs> with eight kids is not right. a, a vacation. But uh, he thought things through very well. Uh, every country, we had a card where he had translated who he is into the local language. Um, he would walk up to people and say, hi, I'm Bill Foley from Galesburg, Illinois, and he'd hand that card to them. He saw some war, we met war buddies of his from uh, the, in the Netherlands. It, it was just a trip that obviously changed all of our lives. But I think what I remember most is Pan Am at the end hosted this huge dinner in Rome. And... It's still there today. Damio Pacheca is the name of the, the restaurant. 
and we saved the napkins that we kept from that dinner. Years later, I pulled the napkin out. My parents, my dad was still alive, and there was Damio Pacheca. Well, it happened that through IOTO, I was going to go back to Rome that summer, and it was 40 years to the summer that I was going to be back in Rome. And so we get there, and by chance, uh, we made it to the restaurant. I brought photos, because Pan Am took professional photos of the whole dinner. There were actually two people there who had been working there 40 years before. Really? Really? And they, they explained everything. They said that Pan Am used this restaurant all the time for VIPs, which we weren't VIPs, <laughs> but we were certainly fun. But you know what the best part was? I got home. At that point, my dad had been developing dementia, so he was communicative, but not much. Yeah. I told him the story that I had just returned from Rome, and I went to that same restaurant, and a tear went down his eye. Oh, man. And to me, it just showed that he got it. Right, Forty right. years later, wow. that trip was impacting one of his kids. Wow, that's, that's a very touching story. Jim, now you're known internationally as one of the leading experts on trade and business. Tell me about your journey to success. How did you get here? Ironically, one of the stories I tell students and, and businesses is that it just happened by chance. It really did. Now, of course, the Europe trip gave me a desire. But I didn't study international business. I was actually a, a computer and um, business major. So I started with a technical degree and a technical job. And then by chance, I had a boss after we did a, a sales trip to Germany. I had a boss who left. And the vice president said, why don't you take over sales and marketing? And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that And because I'm a technical guy. He goes, I think you can do it. And if you take it, we're going to send you back to Germany. And I went, OK, I'll take it. True yeah. story. So my point is, I hadn't really planned it, but once it started, you get something in you about this international bug, yeah. and you don't want to go back to domestic. So right. it, once I got hooked, <laughs> I, I knew what I was going to do. Yeah. Well, you know, um, once you find, I think, what you're called to do, it just comes natural to you, and you are able to uh, excel in that area. Uh, so while we're on the, on the subject of uh, international business and trade, what do you believe the global impact of COVID-19 uh, would be on the, on the global economy? Well, it's been massive, of course. Uh, it's been tragic. Uh, we know what it's done here in the United States, but think about other countries where there's yes. greater poverty, where there's less access to ha health care. Right. Certainly the supply chain has uh, woken everybody up. You cannot be so reliant on one country, and here I'm thinking of China. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to have more diversification. My hope is that companies will realize they need to shorten that supply chain. Look at manufacturing in, in the United States. Look at our neighbors in Canada and Mexico, for example. It is gonna be hard to change, but I think that's one of the lasting uh, differences. And the other is doing business development also works virtually internationally. Not as good, not as good, I know, but there's a lot that we can still do yeah. with some virtual work. Right. And so, um, let's see, I, I hope we turn the bend soon, of course. Oh, absolutely, I do as <laughs> well. Uh, it's been a long ride. It's been a long ride. Uh, you know, you're doing great work, uh, and now you're at the uh, Turner Center for Entrepreneurship. Tell me about the work you're doing there. Sure, so we are a partnership with the state of Illinois and the U.S. Small Business Administration, and our mission is really to lift up companies to lift them up if they're starting up, if they're growing. Uh, we help in technology commercialization. We help in selling to the federal and state government. We help companies get certified as minority owned, such as your company, right? Yeah. 
And then we also help with international trade. And we do all this at Bradley University at no cost to the companies on a confidential basis. And it's the best part of the job. You know, when the yeah. COVID hit, every, it was all hands on deck. We had to answer PPP questions. And so for the first right. time, I'm working the phones again. But I heard the stories coming from people. Can you just help me? And we're kind of a third party, non-biased there to help. Yeah. And um, it's very rewarding. Absolutely. You know, resources for small and minority businesses is something that's really lacking uh, in this country. So when you have programs like yours, they're very impactful to the uh, community th uh, that you serve. So uh, big applause to you for that. Sure. Uh, when, when reading your story, I, I read that you worked uh, and lived in London for a while. What was that like? Incredible. Uh, I can't explain it. it. It was kind of a turning point for me. Before that, I'd been traveling back and forth you don't really get to understand a country until you live there. And I'm not gonna pretend to say that I understand it now. I spent nearly eight years in, in all, uh, all the time I was working. Most of that was in London, but you know I think what impacted me the most was when I moved outside of London to Newbury, where I was in a much smaller town. Now I met people who really talked about what World War II was like, how they were moved from London because of the bombings. I heard their stories, I also met um, people that weren't cosmopolitan, they were great local people to hear what their stories were as well. I met a photographer from the, the, the Times of London. Uh, I felt like that's when I got to really understand the real England and the, and the UK as a whole. London itself is very vibrant. The food is not that bad. I know people yeah. complain, but it's really not. And a uh, friendly place, very multicultural, which I liked as well. And it's close to, to the continent, which is yeah. a whole nother world. Right, right. I've been to... Uh London quite a few times. One of my actually one of my favorite places to go antiquing. I like going down to Portobello Row and and shopping for uh, antiques there. So it's a it's a great place to visit. Uh, now you're bilingual, right? I am. So what languages? Spanish. It's it's a funny story. I on my mother's side of the family, my great aunt married a, a Mexican diplomat. And though he's long since died and, and she was getting older, she made an offer to any of us that if we want to come to Mexico and learn Spanish, we can. So after Knox College, I took a gap year. I actually been offered a job at the company who said, why aren't you taking the position? Well, because I want to go learn Spanish. And they said, well, when you come back in a year, you're going to be a year behind your peers. What a stupid decision. I now know it was the best decision because the first time I went into the countryside of Mexico and was with a family where nobody spoke any English and I only could get by on Spanish, it was a very powerful moment because when you realize now that this interaction that we're having is only because I'm able to speak your language, right. now I get to have an experience that I could never have had before. So it also teaches you the culture and I feel so much closer now to the Mexican culture. It's, it's, yeah. it, part of it's in my heart now. So it, it was great. And then enough French to get along and enough German not to get into trouble. <laughs> well, you know, uh, one of the things with my business is that I want to expand it uh, globally, and so I'm taking steps uh, to do that by uh, taking on projects in the Caribbean, uh, which is an area that I have a deep interest in, in providing renewable energy solutions. Uh, but why do you think more entrepreneurs are not engaged globally? It's simple. Uh, we are blessed with a huge economy, one of the top economies in the world, but that's also a curse because it allows us to be lazy as entrepreneurs here in the United States. Yeah. We can build a company and be very successful and make lots of money and not look beyond the borders. Right. Other entrepreneurs 
Belgium, for example, Turkey, would never imagine only selling domestically. They always think globally from the beginning. So I think, though it's great that we can afford to not look globally, it's also a huge mistake for, yeah. for a couple of reasons. And COVID taught us this. One is you, you're not diversified. You're at the whim of the U.S. economy. Whereas if you have diversified, for example, the Caribbean yourself, then that gives you an opportunity that when there are some downturns, you've got that cushion. The other thing, SBA shows that companies that are engaged internationally on the whole pay more to the employees and retain them longer. And the third thing is you're just stronger. Yeah. You, you'll see this. After you build your experience in the Caribbean, you bring those skills back and make your domestic business stronger and better. Right. I, I, could, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I think I call it uh, story, uh, story building. You know, when you, as you build your brand and you build your story, uh, those type of successful projects make you a stronger entity and build your brand uh, uh, standards and recognition uh, within the United States as well. Now, at the Turner Center, you're doing very great work. And so I know you work with a lot of startups there as well. Uh, tell me some of the common characteristics you're seeing uh, in successful startups. Well, everyone says it, but it's true. It's just hard work. It's, it's a lot of time. And I think the ones that get it lay the foundation before the cut, they cut the cord with the job. Yeah. Because that's the big decision, right? I've got some income coming in, uh, maybe two incomes, and now we're thinking to make that leap to entrepreneurship. Right. That means i got to cut that money right. chain. And right. you want to do that as late as possible because once that goes, all of a sudden you know, it gets really scary, right? <laughs> right? The second thing is... You, you lean on other people. You find that network that also helps lift you up. Not just us at the Turner Center and the Small Business Development Center. I'm talking about your community members, uh, your friends, but most importantly, strategic customers who can help honestly tell you what will make you more successful. What yeah. do they need? Everyone thinks they've got the best idea. That's not why the reason they fail is because they can't sell it, right? right. They think it's the right. best idea. Right. What they really need is one that people will buy. Right, that's correct. I, t I tell people all the time, yeah, you have a dream, but there are a thousand people with the same dream. So what make you special, right? So you have to have some uh, level of confidence, commitment, uh, hard work to go along with that dream to be able to be successful. Now, I, I read that you once lost all your money on a startup. So tell me about that experience. Oh, did you have to go there? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what happened. So I... In another startup that was, uh, when I was in London, I was with a startup out of San Francisco. And I had shares in the company. And the company got bought out by a Fortune 500. So I got, I got a good amount of money from that. And here was the mistake. It made me cocky. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was really unfortunate. I wish someone had sat me down and said, you need to bank that away and save it. Like I did for Europe, right? You need to bank that away because instead... I went for a venture that I thought looked sexy, and that was reproduction uh, fireplaces, cast iron made right there in London. They were incredible and beautiful, but I didn't know a thing about fireplaces, and I had to sell them through designer studios here in the United States. I didn't know a single design studio. <laughs> I didn't know anything, and so I spent so much money on catalogs, on travel, on anything to get the business going on advertising, trying to convince Architectural Digest they had to talk about our new business. In the end, it didn't work. And I went, not only did I go through all that, I actually went into debt, honestly. And it was a tough lesson, but it was a good lesson. 
because I knew I will never get into that position again. I will always do what I know how to do or have something in me that gets me to that point and then build on that. Right. That's the mistake I see with entrepreneurs sometimes. Can I tell you, I, I, we met with a fellow, he was a security policeman who had retired, he was gonna buy a bar. And I said, great, what do you know about operating a restaurant and a bar? He says, I know how to get rid of bad people. I said, okay, but you better know how to cook food and, and do that. So get right. yourself a great manager to manage that right. part of it because you don't want to make the same mistake I did. Right. And interestingly enough, a lot of people lose money dealing with restaurants and, and those type of ventures. So um, you mentioned in your comment, um, your previous comment about London again. How do you believe your uh, experience at Knox College prepared you for that? Very well. Knox is true to the core of liberal arts, which is first and foremost, you learn how to learn. You learn how to communicate. You learn who you are. You learn what the world is. When I, I started my MBA at, at uh, University of London, London Business School, a third of my class came from Cambridge or Oxford. I had never met someone who'd studied at Cambridge or Oxford. Right. And I'm like, they'd never heard of Knox College. And I'm like, <laughs> Can I do this? Yeah. And I was fine. I was absolutely fine because that foundation was what I needed. It was, it was a great experience. And I give back now to Knox. Uh, we, we do a Knox Business Intensive where yeah. we help students who are in the arts or in music or in biology or in English, how business can be a part of their career while still staying in biology, chemistry, whatever. Right. So you have a, a long list of accomplishments and, and achievements. Um, and you've worked on a number of you know, really substantial projects. So what's next? What's, what's your next project? Well, I was able to put all my experiences in Europe uh, into a book called The Global Entrepreneur. But I only did that after I got to Bradley University and started teaching international business. And what I realized was I was really good at some things that I was doing in Europe, and I was really bad at others. And I, <laughs> no longer being so cocky was the yeah, idea, right? right. And so I had an opportunity, a publisher said, if you can put this together, the two of best worlds, the practical side and the academic side, I think you might have something there. And it did, it worked out very well. And, and it's gone on to help, I, I think, thousands of people do better job at exporting and, and internationalizing. Right. But I gotta take it to the next level. I've got some ideas of where to take that um, further. And so that's one of my next big projects. Okay, sounds good. I look forward to uh, getting a copy and reading it myself. Got it. So. Um, you obviously had someone that's, that's been influential to you. Who, who would you say has been most influential in your life? Certainly my parents. And when I look at my parents, I would have to say my father. He gave me um, some core principles that have really stead me well. One of them was smile darn it even if it hurts. Yeah. And you know this. A smile takes you a long ways. And in business, internationally, it really goes a long way because yeah. it's, it's a universal, it's a universal right. look, right? Right. Another one was, and this helped me in international business, everyone has a story and it's interesting. You just need to bring that out of them. I once was sitting next to a, a fellow on an airplane and I didn't even think I would be talking to him. I was digging my book, had my you know, phones on. But when we were eating dinner, he started talking. It ended up he was the president of a college he had an amazing background. We didn't stop talking until the plane landed. Right. And it's because I remembered my dad saying, there's a story in there, just bring it out. And that was an important lesson as well. Be honest, be ethical, um, 
and uh, uh, be true to yourself. And those were all things that, that did me very well. Those principles will do all of us well. You know, so that, those are the principles we can all live by. Now, you have a long list of accomplish, accomplishments and achievements. Tell me, what are you most proud of? It's probably the Lifetime Achievement Award from NASBITE. And I say that because these are my peers. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know it was coming. Uh, I honestly teared up a bit at the, at the event. Because when, when your own peers stand up and say, we want to recognize you for what you've done, right. um, it means a lot. And it also meant that I was having a difference and making a difference. And you talked about this. You, you want to lift people up. Right. And I think that that was the goal of what I was trying to do. And so that that meant a lot to me. But I'm going to tell you one other thing. Though. OK. Uh, so this international thing was big for me, but I, I wanted to start early. I thought I wanted to be a pilot. Oh, really? And so I saved up my money from working in my dad's shop and I got my pilot's license while in college. <laughs> really? <laughs> in Galesburg, it wasn't expensive. You'd think that that would be totally unaffordable, right. but it wasn't. And that first time. I did my solo takeoff and landing. It was incredible. And in fact, I always wanted to go through clouds. And I knew I wasn't supposed to, but I figured if it was my first flight, I could do it and get yeah. away with it. So the first thing I did is I found a cloud and I went right through it. And, oh, I can't tell you what that felt like. So those two things, very different, right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it meant a lot. I had to stop it when I moved to L.A. because then it was expensive. Do you still fly? I don't. I don't. Now, you mentioned uh, your award from uh, NASBITE, and so I can, I can appreciate that. I recently received uh, from the U.S. Minority Contractors Association their Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall uh, Legacy Award, which is the highest honor that they convey on uh, minority contractors in the nation. And so I understand when you're recognized by your, uh, your peers, it's a very special moment. Uh, tell me more about NASBITE. What, what is that uh, organization's main focus? Yeah, so it started as North American Small Business International Trade Educators. Uh -huh. It was really a place for individuals that do training or advising of students and businesses in international business, how to, how to do that better, how to teach better, how to train better. Over 30 years, it's a nonprofit got started. And so at the time, it was mostly known for conferences where people get together once a year. And then later, um, I helped develop the Certified Global Business Professional. Uh, it's a professional qualification that identifies the key skills that you need to be successful in international business. And so that CGBP now, um, over 2,000 people have their CGBP, and I think we're just starting, and uh, very proud of that part. So it's, it's a great place to hang out, and uh, for those watching that want to get certified, then go to naspi.org and see the CGBP. Thank you for that explanation. Uh, last question for you. What book do you think everyone should read? Illusions by Richard Bach. And the reason is partly it mentions Galesburg, Illinois, which at the time it was given to me when I was working in D.C., I had no idea. It talks about the fact that you have to see it to make it happen. You have to see it to make it happen. And the thing that stops it from happening is you don't believe it can happen. And that was an important lesson. And those are some powerful uh, words to live by. Jim, thanks hey. a lot for joining me on this episode Thank of Self Made you. with D Brown CEO. Thanks to the viewers for watching. Without you, there's no me.